Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Ve salatu ve selamu ala seyyidina Muhammed ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecma'in. Subhaneke la ilme lana illa ma'allamtena inneke enten alimul hakim. Amma ba'd. <coughs> we remind the brothers to recite a few times those words which Rasulullah sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem encouraged us to recite abundantly in the month of Ramadan. Which is Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah, Astaghfirullah, Allahumma inni as'aluka al-jannah wa a'udhu bika min al-nar. Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah, Astaghfirullah, Allahumma inni as'aluka al-jannah wa a'udhu bika min al-nar. Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah, Astaghfirullah, Allahumma inni as'aluka al-jannah wa a'udhu bika min al-nar. The first verse which was recited in Salat al-Tarawih tonight, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructs Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Utlu ma uhiya ilayka min al-kitabi wa aqim as-salah Recite that which was revealed unto you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from the revealed scripture and establish salah Inna salata tanha anil fahshai wal munkar Most certainly salah prevents from indecency and from evil so the first part of the verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is instructing Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and thereafter we are also instructed to recite that which was revealed upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now just uh, as we heard a slight variation in the recitation of the Imam in Salat al-Witr, I thought it appropriate just to uh, explain and uh, perhaps enlighten some of the brothers who might not be aware of, of what this type of variation entails. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the Qur'an to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam via Sayyidina Jibreel alayhi salam. And during the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there were many tribes who had their own dialects and accents of the Arabic language, like we do have in English. So if you, if you go to, to Cape Town without uh, waiting a long time, you'll automatically notice the accent. You know, if somebody speaks, they've got their own rhythm and their own tune. And they drag certain words which we pronounce a little faster. Um, we might say ka, they say ka, you know. And uh, if you go to Durban, there'll be... So it'll be the same language is spoken, but it's got a slight different flavor, a slight variation. The accent changes. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructed Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam via Jibreel alayhi salam to teach the people of the various tribes in certain dialects which have been preserved up to today. In fact, in a hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari, Rasulullah sallallahu <clears throat> was approached by two sahaba. What had happened was, uh, Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, he heard a sahabi by the name of Hisham bin Hakim bin Hizam radiallahu anhu, reciting Surah Al-Furqan in the 18th Jews, 18th and 19th Jews. And Sayyidina Umar heard that his, there's a slight variation to his recitation. And they're both from the same tribe, from the Quraysh. So Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu asked him, where did you learn the surah? He said, Allamani Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught me the surah. He said, but Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam personally taught me the surah also and he taught it to me in a different accent. And he grabbed Sayyidina Hisham to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Oh Umar, you recited me, Yahoo, you recite. So he recited and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ahsant, you have recited very well and excellently. And he told Sayyidina Hisham, you recite in that particular accent and dialect that he was reciting and that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught him. He said, Ahsant, you have also recited. 
correctly. So the, the, the ulama gives the example. I'll just give a simple example. My respected teacher, Qari Ayyub, the father of Qari Hudayfa, he always gives this example, which was given by his teacher. That the example of this variant readings which you will hear, which, by the way, has to be learned from a teacher. You can't just hear a CD and, or hear, so you heard the imam reading, so now you decide, okay, I'll just also make my own thing up. It has to be learned from a teacher because it's a whole procedure. Otherwise, you'll be mixing up everything in the wrong place. So the example of this particular variation is like in the old days they would have a, a lamp, an oil lamp. And upon that there is a glass chimney. Okay, so the flame is lit therein. And if you have a transparent chimney, it gives off the normal color of light which we can see around us. But if you change the color of the chimney to red, then the light which emanates from there will seem to be red. If you change it to blue, the light which emanates therefrom will seem to be blue. But did the flame become blue? Did the flame become red? The flame is the same. It's just the way it manifests itself without any contradiction. Similarly, these are the various pronunciations and accents that Rasulullah taught. And when I say he taught it, then what I mean is that from the person who is reciting up to Rasulullah there's an unbroken chain of transmission. Each person's name is recorded. So if a person has learned, which is called the Qira'at, the variant readings of the Qur'an, then he has to have learned it from a teacher. So I read to my teacher, he listened to me, he read to his teacher, and, and he, uh, his teacher listened to him, and so on. It went right up to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who listened to Jibreel alayhi salam and who recited to Jibreel alayhi salam, especially in the month of Ramadan. So the tilawah of the Qur'an is primarily one of the functions of nubuwa for which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sent to recite the Qur'an and via the recitation of the Qur'an invite people to the teachings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second instruction in the verse is aqimi salah to establish salah. Establishing salah means to perform salah the way Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam performed. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Sallu kama ra'aytumuni usalli. Perform your salah the way you see me performing salah. And once Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was in a gathering and a particular sahabi came very enthusiastically to participate in the gathering and he performed his tahiyyatul masjid, which is sunnah to do when we come into the masjid. And in his desire to join in the gathering, he did his two rakats, his two cycles of salah very, very quickly. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he came, said to him, Irji' fasalli fa innaka lam tusalli. Go back and repeat that salah, for verily you haven't performed salah. He did it again a second time, and he came back, and Rasulullah sallallahu said, Go back and repeat the salah, for verily you haven't performed salah. And three times, until he asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Nabi of Allah, please teach me what is my mistake. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught him, uh, uh, informed him that the mistake he was making was, not that he wasn't standing or wasn't making sujood or wasn't doing ruku', he was not pausing during the postures. So he was going into ruku and coming up and going into sujood and coming up without any pause, which is called tuma'nina in Arabic. So this, the necessary pause, uh, which is required for every bone or every part of the body to be at ease in that particular posture, is a necessary integral part of the correctness of salah. So this minute difference between his salah and what Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught the ummah was regarded not to be a salah acceptable by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is why it's so important. The ulama tell us it is so important for us to learn how to perform our salah properly. Sometimes we find a person might be really devoted in his salah. He wants to perform his salah. 
But for example, he, he makes his takbir and he commences his salah. He says his takbir in his head. That salah doesn't commence because takbir has to be uttered. There are certain times when you need to speak, brothers. When you need to move your mouth. You know, when the time of nikah, when the imam asks you, brother so-and-so, do you take, you know, Fatima into your nikah? And the other brother smiles. The imam says, brothers, this, now is the time to say, qabiltu nikahaha, tazawajtuha, wanakahtuha, whatever you want to say, is the time to speak. You can't think. Certain things cannot be thought. You can't think your takbiratul ihram, the opening takbir of salah. You can't think. You need to utter it. If a person doesn't utter it and he's just doing the actions, the salah is not valid. So it's very important that we learn the masail from our ulama. The other important thing is that we learn the masail from the ulama of the reliable ulama of our madhab. Because nowadays is it's an age of confusion. People are exposed to the internet, they're exposed to various things. Sometimes a person will go for Umrah, then you see he come back, he's making Salah with a different style, his finger is moving in different direction. He doesn't know why he's doing it. He just made Salah one day in a haram and he looked next to him, he saw this man's finger is jumping next to him, so he came back and said, okay, Barakah of Makkah, let me bring something that looks different. When I come to my community, at least people will notice me. So our Salah needs to be in the way taught to us by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but explained to us by the ulama who learned from the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. So when it is an established madhab, the established teachings of Rasulullah as explained by the fuqaha, the jurists of Islam, then a person is safe and he knows that he is practicing on the correct teachings of Rasulullah So the salah from the beginning to the end, the salah starts with takbir, and even prior to that, Nabi has instructed us to ensure the purity, the tahara that is required before when a person makes istinja, when a person purifies himself, when a person performs wudu, there's no wastage of water, the, 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 the body parts are washed properly. The, the face is washed, it's washed from the top to the bottom, not just merely a sprinkle of water here and there. The arms need to be washed over the elbows, etc. Once Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he saw a particular person coming towards salah and his, his heels and ankles were still dry. And he said, These are the heels and ankles which are worthy of Jahannam because the salah won't be accepted. So even in this case, we cannot say that, okay, I wish my salah is valid. No, I, with sincerity, I did the wudu incorrectly. So sincerity is, is, is acknowledged in sharia when the amal is done correctly. If a person tomorrow for fajr sincerely wants to make three rakats, no, no Muslim in his sane mind will say the salah is valid. Because it's not in conformance with the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Till the end of the salah, when the imam says, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, and also in the salah, we don't advance and go before the imam. So the imam is going into ruku, don't rush into ruku before the imam. He's going into sujood, don't rush into sujood before the imam. Uh, because there has been severe warnings of that in, in the hadith. And when we stand, we stand up straight, focusing our gaze on the place of sujood. And the person stands in the normal posture. The teachings of all four madhahib, the madhab of Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Malik, Imam Shafi'i, Imam Ahmad, is that a person stands in your normal posture. There is no need for you to let your toes touch the toes of the person next to you. Which is also a practice done by some of our respected brothers. May Allah guide all of us. But <clears throat> it is not the preferred view of all four madhahib. The hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu which is mentioned in the Sihah, in the authentic compilations of hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam instructed the Sahaba to keep their heels in line. 
And sometimes a confusion arises where people see the words in the hadith that the letter ba, ba, which means to join, is used in that hadith. So they think, okay, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that the heel must be joined to the heel. Okay? But the muhaddithin and the jurists explained to us that that letter ba is not only used for joining physically, it also means to align something. Because in many ahadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam uses the word heels and the letter ba. So if you say join the heels, okay? Then he says the knees and the letter ba is used. So does it mean join the knees? And then he uses the word shoulders. In Abu Dawood, the word shoulder is used. So does it mean that the shoulders will touch? And how is a tall person going to stand next to somebody who is shorter than him? And how will they be looking? It will look like a bit of a drama where a person is trying to get his knees to touch the person and his heels and his shoulder. So this is not what was taught by Rasulullah sallallahu The salah is a practical amal which we learned with tawaruth, with tawatur from the sahaba radiallahu anhum. And it was explained to us in great detail. So sometimes a person just comes across a hadith and he says, oh, I saw the translation of the hadith and there is, a, a, you know, the letter ba is there to, to join the heels. And then he's joining the toes. That's the worst part. He's using the hadith of joining the heels, but he's standing with his toes. And then if a person is not comfortable next to him, then he moves his feet. You know, like in the old days they had that break dancing, you know, the man is moving his foot like that. So the person is standing in salah and the one next to him is, he's stretching out because he wants to touch the toe. And there's no hadith mentioning of touching toes. So we need to understand this fact. Brothers, this deen, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, إِنَّمَا الْعِلْمِ بِالتَّعَلُّمْ وَالْفِقْبِ بِالتَّفَقُّهُ The knowledge of deen you get from staying in the company of ulama. We have senior ulama in our country. Alhamdulillah, all from Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. And they all have a chain of transmission between the knowledge that they have acquired from their teachers. Why is it that in everything else we turn to specialists? If we're sick, if we've got a flu, we'll go to a specialist. If there's something wrong with the car, you'll take it to the best, best mechanic. If this, you'll always find the best. But when it comes to deen, then I'm self-sufficient. I can open up the internet, I can surf for something, and I can find my own answer. As I previously mentioned, in Sharia, a person who speaks about the matters of deen, وَلَا تَقُفُوا مَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ عِلْمٍ إِنَّ السَّمْعَ وَالْبَصَرَ وَالْفُؤَادِ كُلُّ أُولَئِكَ كَانَ عَنْهُ مَسْؤُولًا Do not speak about things with which we have no knowledge. If we do not have knowledge, we're not allowed to speak. about Even the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, over 120,000 Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, everyone was not a alim. But everyone was a perfect Muslim and a, and a complete da'i to the deen of Islam. Amongst the Sahaba, there were 17 who were authorized by Rasulullah, sallallahu to give fatwa. Every Sahaba didn't give fatwa. And we South Africans, we're known for giving fatwas. Especially, you know, Hajj and Umrah time. They say South Africans, when they land in Jidda, then they become muftis. Because everyone got his own fatwa. Okay, now you must put your ihram on here, ihram mustn't be like this, and you're allowed to do this, and you can. So, without learning. And Rasulullah said, those people who do not have knowledge, he says the cure for, for that is to ask. Ask the ulama and stay in the company of the ulama. So, aqimis salah requires all this. The external form of the salah of Rasulullah wasallam, then the internal form of the salah of Rasulullah wasallam. How did he perform his salah internally? Nabi wasallam. once in salah, he took a few steps forward. Then he took a few steps back. The Sahaba said, Oh, Nabi of Allah, we've seen you taking a step forward and back. He said that at one stage, I saw the fire of Jahannam in front of me, and it seemed as if the flames were real, evident in front of me, and I took a few steps back. And in the, the, the next time when I took the step forward was in the excitement of seeing the bliss and the beauty of Jannah. 
Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam performed salah and he taught the Sahaba to perform salah in the same way. Sayyidina Urwa bin Zubair, who is the grandson of Sayyidina Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, who is the brother of Abdullah bin Zubair, and his mother is Asma bintu Abi Bakr. He's one of the fuqaha of Medina, one of the seven fuqaha of Medina. There were seven great jurists in Medina. Seven of them. And he, at one stage, he developed a, a sickness in his, in his leg, and the doctor said that the, the only cure for you is amputation of that, of that limb. Uh, otherwise, the disease would spread into your body and you won't survive. So he said, are you sure? They said, yes, that's the only way. He said, if that is what the... See, again, respecting the field of speciality. The doctor is saying that he's a specialist. He says, I respect what you're saying. No, no problem. You can go ahead with the amputation. And then the physician tells him that you need to take some type of anesthetic or some, consume something which would allow you not to feel the, the pain of the amputation. So he said, does it mean I need to take something which would make my mind oblivious and unaware and careless of the remembrance of Allah? So the physician said, obviously, otherwise you're going to feel everything. He said, no, no, I am not prepared to take something which will take my mind away from the remembrance of Allah. He said, let me perform two rakats of salah. And when I'm sitting in tashahud, I'll sit in the, in the slanted posture and then you do whatever you need to do. And this is how an amputation took place. Can you imagine the quality of your salah? They asked him, how did you manage to do this? He said, when I start my salah, it's as if I see... Uh, Jannah, the, the Kaaba in front of me There's Jannah is on my right hand side Jahannam on my left hand side The bridge of Sirat is beneath my feet And Malakul Mot is behind me So where will I have time to think of Of what's happening in my, in, 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 in my surroundings So this was the type of Internal Salah Which was developed by the Sahaba And those who stayed with them This is what we need to do respected brothers The month of Ramadan is a month of pre- pre- Preparing ourselves We need to try to concentrate inshallah do the nafal salah and try to concentrate on what we are reciting when you sing subhanallah, subhana rabbi al-azim, subhana rabbi al-a'la. We are praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Try to do that. Then when we perform the fard salah, that salah becomes a powerful and, and a salah which changes our life. Otherwise, it's merely just moving and doing actions and we, we tire ourselves and we don't really feel a spiritual benefit. So this is one of the, the lessons just from this first verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, aqim salah Salah protects a person and prevents a person from engaging in those things which are indecent and that which is evil by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we implement the same discipline in our life outside salah, Allah will protect us from that which is displeasing to him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all tawfiq to perfect and work on our salah because it was the coolness to the eyes of our beloved Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the first thing which we'll have to give hisab for on the day of Qiyamah, if we are successful with that, everything else will go easy on the day of Qiyamah. And if we fail that, may Allah protect us, then there will be only difficulty thereafter. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us goodness, insha'Allah, and the tawfiq to make amal on what was said. Wa akhiru da'wana anil alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.